All right, so first-time caller line, Jason is in Eugene. Didn't we talk to a Jason in Eugene, Oregon, early? I thought we did. Well, we'll find out. Oh, good. Different one. First-time caller line. Uh, Go ahead, Jason. Yeah, I decided to call because of the coincidence, and that's what Coast to Coast is all about, right? Which coincidence are you talking about? Is this the same Jason we talked to earlier? No, that I'm a different Jason. Oh, okay. I actually know... What he's talking about about the filbert, the filbert orchards. I know exactly where well, he that's is. Funny. Okay. All right. I accept you know, that. Yeah. yeah. And I drive a beater car too that I love so much, and I wish I could connect with Jason and have him work on it. You ought to start a club. You know. Yeah. Exactly. You, you guys have. You already have a good. You have the ba- clubs have been built around less. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. All right. So, uh, so then, where do you want to take us? It's open lines. Yeah, well, I wanted to touch on the guest that you had. He was a really excellent guest. I've listened yeah. to Coast since the old Art Bell days. I still call it the Art Bell Show, too. You know, it, okay. The 90s. I'm getting all this but, weird deja vu. And then, uh, yeah, so Wilbur, what a, we don't know what exactly was the problem with Wilbur's power, but we weren't unable to get him back. Um, but, uh, yeah, so what did you want to say? Yeah, it happens. So, I mean, about this um, government whistleblower disclosure thing, I think people who have been listening to Coast for that long, and yourself included, right. um, have been watching this situation unfold for so long that the one sort of grain of salt that I want to toss out there for everybody is I don't think they're going to give us all of the, all of the information. No. They're going to give us just as much as they can to right. get away with it because they've been guarding this secret with whatever that secret you know, is, they won't tell us. Know, yep. Right, with murder and really extreme techniques. Well, that was well, definitely yeah. intoned by these uh these these pilots to um to the congressional committee that there there had been there had been murders that were connected to it to keep the secret secret and that the non-human biologics were very likely murdered as well um treated like subhumans or species that needed to be examined or whatever so yeah right and the people who are involved in working on this stuff have had their families threatened right you know if you've listened to coast to coast long yep. enough you know people have had their families threatened and their oh, lives yeah. threatened and and really scary, dangerous ways and stuff. So I'm a little suspicious about why they're starting to speak now unless they've been allowed to speak. Yeah, I think there's a, that's a fair claim. We don't know. Um, but it does seem like maybe the iceberg's about to flip. Uh, and I uh, don't know why, but we can we can wait and find out. In the meantime, at least we'll know more. And maybe it's just because... They've noticed that in incrementally letting this information out is nobody really cares that there isn't mass hysteria. It's not people running around. And if they, if they were, then they'd shut it down. But right now, maybe they feel like they can and they should. And they use their there's enough people in Congress that aren't afraid of never being reelected again if they serve on that committee, which is also a part of it. Uh, John is in South, uh, San Rafael, California, on coast to coast west of the Rockies. John. Hi, Ian. Yeah, hey. I think that the um, the UAP congressional hearing was such an important event, and it was 
so mind-blowing to hear that testimony. But it's frustrating for me because I actually work at a television station, and my coworkers just aren't interested in this topic. They're more right. interested in Barbenheimer right. and uh, the Taylor Swift concert that's happening tonight. But one of the points that I was trying to make to my to my coworkers, which I think is interesting, is if this is a step towards what is sometimes referred to as disclosure, if it's accepted as truth that there are extraterrestrial entities that have been interacting with the Earth, then what about all of the stories about alien abductions and cattle mutilations? Yeah, I threw out the question of cattle mutilations earlier, but I, I do wonder about the abductions. Is that the next thing that's going to get reassessed uh, based on what we know? Um, I think it is. I think that's a very reasonable assumption to make. And and it does not surprise me that many people, especially even those people in the media, are focused elsewhere. Uh, they're focused short-term pop culture, which I love. But And I was involved in a, a pop culture media project for a long time. Um, and I thought it was great, and I enjoyed doing it. But it does force you to not talk about these types of things, right? unless it's a movie. And uh, and I'm sure there are other movies coming out, um, but it's hard to, hard to beat the video. You know, if you really want to, if you want to really want to get into the subject, watch the video from the cockpit of many of these navy planes, for example, uh, because that's that's as creepy as any movie that they could ever make. Jay is in Astoria, Oregon, on coast to coast. Jay. Hey there. Hey. I'm going to tell you about a little experience in March of 2019. Yeah, as long as it didn't run too long, sure. Highway 101 out of uh, Astoria. Okay. It was early morning, 3.34 a.m., and to my left, saw a pill-shaped object that continued to cross at about a 45-degree angle over me and in front of me towards the west towards the Pacific Ocean. Well, no big surprise here, but when you were watching it, did you feel like that was a non-human biologic behind the the, well, like, you know, the steering of it, or was it, could this have been some sort of drone? The way it was moving, I don't see how it could have been a drone. Well, I accept it that. Was, it wasn't moving incredibly fast. It was fairly slow. There was no sound, and it was just steady. Yeah. The uh, that... aura it had on it, it was uh, almost like in a heavy fog at a smaller airport where you get that tube of light. Right. And that's kind of how it was lit up. There were no windows, no lights, right. nothing on the object itself. It just had that whitish gray aura to it. Well, well, very good. Thank you, Jay. Sandra's in Iowa on Coast to Coast. It's open line. Sandra? Hey. Hey. Have you ever been to Fort Riley, Kansas? Yeah, I live right by there, next door. I know you do. Yeah. You know, it's haunted, right? I've heard that. Yeah. 
I've heard that from other people. I've never experienced that, but I, I, I only heard that a little while ago, and then I, since then, I've, I've heard a little bit more. But what do you know about it? Well, I was stationed there in the seventies, and I was one of the first females to be in the regular army. So our role was different than the wax. The wax were tolerated there, okay, you know, but. Yeah, I was a female MP, so we were in the in the um, our main post, and and the confinement facility itself did not like us females. Right. Um, we would have cell door slam. Um, things would get cold. You'd walk through really cold areas. And there were some parts that I did not go into without a guy. Then what was your ghost experience? Voices. Yeah. And bars, you know, like I said, cell doors being slammed. Right. You know, stuff like that. Well, I, I tell you what, I'm overdue to take a visit to Fort Riley, and I will I'll ask about that while I'm there so the next time somebody calls. I'll have a better informed response, but it's it's a cool place because yeah, I mean, bizarre. Yeah, everybody knows doesn't know the history of Fort Riley, but it's really one of the oldest serving bases that has done um, that has seemingly been at the crossroads of every major conflict that we've had, um, and still keeps chugging along. Thank you, Sandra. Let me go to Stephen in Chicago. On coast to coast, Stephen. How's it going? Good. Where are you going to take yeah. us? Oh, I'm going to take you to a story that that uh, started with me about uh, 12 years ago. Uh huh. I had um, was I liked studying uh, on the fringe science uh, as far as energy and whatnot. I used to go to yeah. a website called Keelynet. Okay. But then uh, and it brought me to uh, uh, old time inventor. <laughs> His name was Johann Ernst Elias Bessler, otherwise known as A.K.A. Uh, Orpharius. He okay. was an inventor of a wheel that turned and did work. And supposedly uh, it was a uh, it was labeled a perpetual motion machine. He was I sponsored see. by he was sponsored by uh, the King of Hessen Castle at the time. Hmm. He was good friends with Leibniz. He was good friends with uh, Grace Sandy. Newton knew of him. Um, and his story, uh, they, they said he was a flimflam man, but that's, that's not how the story went. Uh, they claimed he was uh, making stuff up. But he wrote uh, three books, and in the books were puzzles on how to rediscover the technology that he had had uh, made, and uh, uh, I was able to decipher his poems and his drawings, and uh, now I understand how it worked, and it's, it is mind-blowing. Uh, yeah, it's almost, uh, I almost lost my mind after I discovered it. Uh, it's been um, quite a journey, well, and... I- uh, it's I getting, believe you on that part. So, the you, you mentioned some pretty big names in there um, that are associated with it. 
if somebody were interested in doing independent research on this perpetual motion machine, this wheel, um, what would you recommend that they do? Well, uh, the idea or word perpetual motion is uh, it's a straw man. It, 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 it can be knocked down easily. It's more or less a machine that leverages uh, rotational motion and gains energy by its rotation. Not unlike the planets do in the solar system. Okay. And uh, the uh, whole, the where he discovered it, he he never claimed he invented it. He rediscovered what was written in ancient texts. Yeah. When he was a when he was a boy, he was raised by a Jesuit priest, and he was a go between the Jesuit priest and a rabbi, and he learned multiple languages going back and forth, and the secrets of what was hidden in religion, uh, the mnemonic uh, right. understandings that were there were things hidden within stories. Right. And uh, matter of fact, it's in most every religion, this design. Okay. Uh, well, we'll, li- we'll have to leave it there until you can give us more specifics. But Okay, that... I can give you more specifics. Uh, the okay. wheel... Right, uh, it does not. Uh, it doesn't need gravity. It works on inertia. Uh, if most people that study his work thought it was thought it was gravity, but it it never fit within what he de- what he described. And uh, his poem, which is an apologia poetica. Uh, there's a poem, and hidden within the poem is the movement of this device. And it, it's a play on words. It's also you have to deduce different things, and then you wind up finding out that uh, that the motion is just like our planets in in a solar system. But you know how here, put it this way: you know how a, a skater spins while they pull their arms in right and they go faster yeah and then when they push their arms out they go slower sure yeah yeah there's another way that does not lose energy and that is uh that is a geometric path that is different uh using um differential like and, not unlike the uh, differential on a car but that differential that gets used that you're saying that that technology already exists obviously some of this other technology you mentioned already exists um i'm 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 intrigued so i i hope to hear, hear more from you in the future and i'll keep an eye on that subject wildcard line Clearwater, Florida, on coast to coast. Hello. Hi, John. I have I have a couple of things for you. <clears throat> First, I'd like to make a request in any psychics listening. When when there's a missing person, like that keeps appearing in the news, um, that they get involved and use their um, ability uh, for um, distant viewing to find the person and tell the authorities. And uh, if they can't do it that way, to use their um, getting in touch with a person's spirit to uh, find out what happened to them 
and tell the authorities. Yeah. That, uh, that would I, help a lot of people. I, I, I'd like to think that most mediums would present reliable information on that, but I'm so worried about people's rights being violated and all it takes is one wrong person to go to prison um, for something like that to fall apart. But sure, I mean, I, I don't know of a cop that won't, out of frustration, if nothing else, uh, take the call from a self-identified psychic. Um, all right, we got about a minute for you, so you got to hustle. But was that all you were calling about? Uh, there was um, a book uh, that came out around 1969 called um, The uh, Spaceship Moon. And um, it talks about the uh, hidden base that we have in Australia uh, and on the moon and on Mars where they use um, UFO-type spaceships to travel people back and forth. And um, the base on Mars, there was a person on uh, Coast to Coast a few months back that said he had been on the base for 17 years on a marine base there on Mars and had just come back. And um, this is part of the plan called Alternative 3 which okay. is to save um, society, to save humankind from extinction from the uh, environmental changes by building these bases uh, in safe places. All right. Um, well, that that's all the time we have coming up to the bottom of the hour, but that is a great way to get us started for the next half hour of open line calls on Coast to Coast AM. This is Ian Punnett. Major heat wave, obviously, all over the country, but now some storms developing overnight. So, you know, good thing that you're up. Uh, keep an eye on that. And remember, too, with this heat wave, you can always contact your neighbors. If you're just kind of poking in, pretend that uh, you need to borrow a cup of sugar or something. Just see how they're holding up. Uh, east of the Rockies, Carol is in Kentucky on Coast to Coast. Carol? Hi, Ian. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah. I have a question. Um I am studying to get my bachelor's degree in Bible theology and biblical history. Cool. And I'm I'm kind of stumped on something, and I'm not uh-huh. sure if it was something. Can you hear me? Yeah, bring it on. I'm not sure if it's something that happened in history, um, like during the refer the Lutheran refer Reformation. Um, is there uh, an event in Christian history? where where it changes because a lot of pastors and preachers talk about how apostle paul's teachings and apostle paul is the measure that we measure like the bar of truth in and when did when did that actually happen because like jesus teaches not to follow anyone who says that they saw him after he ascended and right. we know that Apostle Paul's conversion happened, well, I guess it's estimated around 36 A.D., from what I understand. Well, so, yeah. Was there was there an event in history, and is this associated with the Lutheran Reformation? Well, Protestant Reformation, um, so it included more than just Lutheran. Um, and the... The Reformation forced a lot of people to reconsider the texts. Um, so some of those are called Proto-Pauline, and some of them are called Deutero-Pauline. Uh, the Deutero-Pauline texts, um, as Deutero would imply, were secondary. 
and they believe they were actually uh, not written by uh, Paul, uh, but written in his name or written in what his followers thought he would say. Um, and and you have all sorts of wild, wildly different theories on on some of those uh, claims that exist from from Paul. But let's just focus on, yeah, I mean, the original Paul would have been early first half of the first century. So four, you know, five years, enough that he was concurrent with, but had no personal encounter with uh, Jesus during the course of the ministry. And then you have the road of Dema- the road to Damascus experience, which does come shortly after um, the uh, crucifixion. Um, he was originally, and we we don't. He he claims a higher elevation, perhaps, of Judaic royalty, or uh, he elevates his status within the Jewish tradition. Doesn't seem to be much to back that up, but. Um, but then he comes in and he he really is the person that that calls out the other followers, what had been the disciples, people that did know Jesus firsthand. And they were sort of offended by the idea that this guy who had never met Jesus was speaking for him and was uh, proselytizing in the name of Jesus and giving a different message than they were. So I think built into the discussion of Paul, we have always will have that tension, and that tension exists in the Bible. You got Galatians, and you've got um, you have the uh, Acts of the Apostles, and and there is a, a kind of um, a conflict that's canonized in the Bible between those two factions. Those that believe that you should become a Jew and then you can be a follower of Christ and other people like Paul who insist that you can just know you can just skip some squares and you can go right ahead uh to being calling yourself a Christian uh which was a highly appeal uh appealing message and it won a lot of people over does any of that help yeah um but that's kind of where i have my struggle with following the teachings of Apostle Paul, because yeah. like you said, he did, yeah. he never, in the 13 books that he is attributed to, he never met Jesus, and he never heard him speak. And it looks to me like they are calling him the false prophet. Right. Yep. And And then he calls them names back. Yeah, yep. and and the spirit that appeared to him never showed his face. Uh, yep, exactly. So I mean, he he has an he has an image, but yeah. So the the Deutero Pauline literature, um, you know, you I believe here. I'll just say what I believe. I believe we can look very critically at Paul, and I do. Uh, there's uh, there's a few things that Paul wrote which I find very inspiring, and I find the message is very consistent and very cogent. Um, and then other times I go like, "What is this? Where does this come from?" And I think that's where again where we get into who wrote what. But his remember that the Bible gets canonized on the basis of popularity. 
And so when they finally decide what books of the what we call the New Testament come into the Bible, um, it's all based on what had become accepted by those churches. And a lot of Paul's written material was a regular feature. So in order to, to include those people um, and, and to try and broaden the appeal of the church, uh, Paul becomes a major player. It doesn't mean we have to think of that way. I don't. So if you if you want uh, anybody else's uh, encouragement, I give it to you. Think very critically about Paul. Yeah, and I've heard you mention a few times that when people call in about the mark of the beast and the end times yeah. prophecies, yeah. how you mentioned that that is, you know, no, um, that the apocalypse books are true events happening yeah. in the writer's uh, lifetime. And I just want to say that you can actually verify that with Roman historian Thesitus's writings. Yep. Every bit of what Jesus said and in Matthew 24 actually did happen to that to those people. Yeah, I mean, I, every bit of this is attributed to the great fire of Rome that took place in 64 AD. Right. And the great fear that Caesar Nero was going to come back. And that uh, by right. by Caesar Nero coming back, then um, that he was the he was the the great Satan, if you were, he was the person that that posed the greatest threat um, to Christian prosperity. And that we see those kind of persecutions come and go, uh, but Nero was a, was a sick dude, and so yes, he was. <laughs> yep. So, I mean, I, I think they were justified in being afraid that he, he actually had survived it or that supernaturally he would come back from the dead and he would continue to harass them. Um, so, yeah, I just, it, it comes right down to it. it. It's like a thief in the night. We're not allowed to know. I don't, you know, the last, the first shall be last, the last shall be first. It just says get to work, you know, and and our work will be judged by what we do to the least of these and going on television and buying time and putting on suits and and or you know only focusing on prosperity gospel and all that stuff that has nothing to do with me it doesn't help me it doesn't help me be one smidge better and instead it's all about the humility of how we serve it's what do we do how much time are we willing to give how effortlessly will we give our time and our money uh, to people who need it the most. That, it seems to me, is what we'd be measured by. Yeah, right. love is a verb. It, yeah. it requires action. Right. Well, God is a verb, which is an That's interesting right. thing. Yeah, and right, and faith it actually was a verb. You know, that we don't have a translation for to faithing, but faithing was the, uh, was the very concept that you would be de- demonstrating your belief. And to us, it's only a noun. It's only something that you have or that you drop or that you pick back up again. So, yeah. Oh, good luck in your studies. Where are you studying? I'm studying online through the um, the Christian Heritage College. Okay. Do you think they will tolerate you having a message which does not sound like advanced Sunday school? Well, it's not that I'm trying to bring that message to them. I'm trying to, like, understand the theology sure. side of things 
so that I can figure out why in the past thousand years everyone sided with Apostle Paul. Because it looks to me in in Matthew and uh, or no Mark sixteen that the angel of light came down at Jesus's tomb and rolled away the stone. And after he appeared to Mary Magdalene, because that's when the earthquake happened, after he appeared to Mary Magdalene, he changed his form. And then yep. you can see in Luke where he appears to Cleopas and another, and they don't recognize him, and he breaks bread and has them eat, and then they claim the, to recognize him while this thing is quoting scripture. This is this is the beast that was and is not and yet is. He appears as Jesus. He changes his form. And I and I say that this is you know you never know when angels are among us. So this is why we have to be good to everybody. And uh, we'll leave it at that. But Carol, I think you're on the right track. I think your heart is in the right place. You are my kind of. You would have been. You would have been my kind of colleague in seminary. And a lot of people just want the party line. They just want to know, what do I believe? Where do I show up? What do I say? You know, if, do I use that bumper sticker mentality of just, you know, the Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it? Well, that's to me, that's just when it gets interesting. So thank you for your thoughts on that. Michael's in Elgin, Arizona on Coast to Coast. Michael? Hey, Mr. Ian. How hey. are you tonight? Steph, it's Good. a God's blessing to talk to you. Hey, uh, I spent some time back in the 80s, back when I was young and foolish in the Navy. I <laughs> did the Airedale thing, be a pilot, until I almost waxed one out on a ship. Yeah. Of course, I did other duties, but I served my time on and served the country. I tell you what, it's part of that adventure thing. You know, and there is Tic Tacs out there. There's no doubt about it. But they don't, these guys don't have nothing that can catch them or touch them, no bullet, no missile. All right, and like I say, it was kind of an unspoken deal in the aviation community. Did you know about it at the time? What's that? Did you know about it in real time when you were serving? Were they talking I about was really, I was a, Like I said, I've been part of the aviation community when I was younger. I got like, some civilian flight time, too. Like, i never seen nothing personally myself, but I've been, been in the community. And what I'm saying is there's a kind of unspoken rule. The problem is with the, the Tic Tacs do exist, but the U.S. government, no government on the earth got anything that can touch these all right and that, that's yeah. an unspoken deal see the problem is unless it affects flight safety in a direct way or somebody you know there's more than one red you best keep your mouth shut about this or you're going to see deep staters all around the well, in the air force and the cia and all that well so i'm a navy fly boy or ex-fly boy well that i i take that as gospel thank you michael and thank you for the first-hand account uh, first time caller line, Joe is in McAllen on Coast to Coast. Joe? Yeah, hello. Hello. Hey, how are things in Texas? Uh, pretty good. Hot. Hot. Yes, I yeah. just want to talk about the, that guy that was on Congress about the aliens. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I just think that uh, abiogenesis proves that that's impossible because I think you need a creator. And uh, who does, does say uh, a biogenesis, a life from that life? And yeah, but wh- why would we say that it? Pro- I, I, I guess I'm a little confused by your point. Okay, why uh, would yeah. we say there's no creator? 
No, I'm saying that there, there has to be a creator. Yeah, but okay, and but the, why do we creator, think there wasn't one? Uh, okay, why? Uh, why would the creator create aliens? Why not? Uh, because it's not in the in the King James for Bible. Oh come on now! I want you to take your King James Bible tonight, right? Uh-huh. I want you to read it, and I want you to tell me where it says there's a United States. Okay. Uh... Yeah, don't worry. It's not there. So, do we not exist? Do you not exist? Yeah, we were created. No, no, we weren't, because you're saying it has to be in the Bible. It has to be in the King James Bible. or Yeah, Genesis. Okay, where does it say the United States? Um, where, I'm talking after, about Genesis. Okay. Um, just, well, uh, you're going, well all, it says in the, all it says in Genesis yeah. is the firmament, right? It just... So we no, could say the, right the word, there, we yeah, but the, create man in our image, and it recreates the heavens and the earth. Why do we not think they were included uh, in heaven? Well, I think that uh, we were created in the image of God. Okay, well, the, that the, that so do they, you so look like I do? do? Do we each look like God? Nope. So the the thought is, do we have a soul? Yeah. In my tradition, in the Episcopal tradition, there are whole prayers about that God is the God of the entire universe. There is no place you can go without God. The aliens, you, talking about aliens and what the guy was talking about. We don't, but, yeah, but now you've limited the conversation, and I understand that, to the King James Bible. And I say, there is no mention of new, this is, you know, the, there, there was something about new worlds in the King James Bible. There's nothing about an America. There's nothing about how that's how, you know, that there was nothing about any number of different discoveries. In fact, it's a very poor understanding of, of science is in the King James Bible. But we know that science is advanced beyond that. So, I don't know. Not Not the horizon line for me, but. Uh, I appreciate that we will see that differently. But I challenge you on all the things that are around you that we do know exist that weren't mentioned in the King James Bible. Uh, all right. So uh, tomorrow night I will not be on. It's just it was a one night. It was a one off. Uh, I'll be back, though, a couple of weeks. See you in August. In the meantime, please check on your neighbors. Uh, keep a check on yourself. Don't become one of the victims of of a massive heat wave. This is to be taken seriously. It's going to be going on for a while. And look out for the storms that are chasing behind it. Um, in the meantime, I hope that you will enjoy all of the shows coming up, especially going to the podcast, Vaudeville for the Frightened, uh, Episode 7, Drops Monday. Uh, and you thought you knew everything. You'll find out more. Check your iHeart Podcasting Network. Deus te amat, and I do too.